do you all play church bingo, you know, where there are things that happen every week and you check off the box and it happens? Well, if you're playing church bingo, the box to check is the pastor's commentary about the warmth of the building. So check that off on your church bingo card. You know, we should make those. That would be a who, wouldn't it? You could just kind of drain the sermon. Okay, check that. Pastor digresses. Well, check that. <laughs> it is warm in here, yes. And thank you to Seneca and Brian for setting up fans and opening windows. And also there is water provided. Now, I didn't think about this when I was talking about water, but you're going to hear about it in the gospel reading today. So you can sip on your cold water and nod knowingly when we get to that section of the gospel today. So we do continue in this season of Pentecost, and I'll point out a couple of features in the worship folder, and uh, I'd like to say a little bit just about the nature of the day after that. You seem to be getting well acquainted with this green, this season folder, and it does include the confession as well as the offering prayer. So I simply wanted to point out to you that the offering prayer is there for us, and we can pray that together when the time comes. So I see um, we've got some Canada Day swag still going on and some color. That's wonderful. Thank you for doing that. And I think it's also appropriate for us to acknowledge today uh, our history and the path of reconciliation and right relationships. We Christians see ourselves as people who are both reconciled and reconciling. And so today, we're going to use words from a land acknowledgement that is used in many of the meetings in the Niagara region, especially in government. I did do a little adapting and modifying for our setting today. Niagara region is situated on treaty land. This land is steeped in the rich history of the First Nations, such as the Hatiwenadonrock, the Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe, including the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. There are many First Nations, Métis, Inuit people from across Turtle Island that live and work in Niagara today. May we, people of faith, join the regional municipality of Niagara as they stand with all indigenous people, past and present, in promoting the wise stewardship of the land on which we live. So this is a standing optional service today. So there are points at which we customarily stand. I don't know if you want me to point those out, but if you know them and want to stand, you're welcome. If you would prefer to sit, it might be cooler, and that is certainly welcome. I want you to uh, be sure to listen to uh, the rhythms and the needs that your body have. So please honor those too.
Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Jesus said to his followers, Whoever welcomes you, welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of our Lord. Won't you be seated? Grace to you and peace from God, the creating and redeeming God, Jesus who was, who is, who is to come, and the Spirit who animates us to be the good news of Christ in the world. A cup of cold water would be a big deal today, wouldn't it? I'm sure it is for people who live in the northern part of Ontario where their water supply is not always safe. Certainly, it's a big deal for people who live in places like Texas and India who live under now crippling, killing heat. Water could save a life. And occasionally, the big deals the empire, if you like, they get their grubby hands on gifts of God and they turn them into commodities, water being one of them. There was a documentary not too many years ago now about a major international food corporation that bought water and all the rights to water in a town, bottled the water, and turned around and sold it to people at a price they determined. It's not how the realm of God works. The realm of God really is about kindness. That's what Jesus is getting at in his words to his followers today. And he describes them as being prophets, righteous, and even as little ones going into a difficult world. They will be welcomed. They will be welcoming. I'm reminded of the prophet Micah some 800 years before Jesus who asked, and just what is it that the Lord requires of us but to do justice? And if we can emphasize this next part now, to love kindness, to walk attentively before God. St. Paul talks about kindness as being one of the fruits of the Spirit. We might think about kindness as only being grand and sweeping gestures, but sometimes it is the little stuff. At least, we think it's the little stuff. I bet if you added up all of the little acts of kindness you did this week, you would be surprised. Wouldn't you like to have a nickel for every one of those, maybe? It's a warm enough day to where I think I'm going to tell a story that I um, hadn't really planned to tell, but I'm going to tell it anyway. You remember Christmas Eve here? 
the big storm, snow, <laughs> now you're saying, oh, good times, wouldn't it be nice to have temperatures that low? Well, that was the day that nobody really could get out of the house except to shovel snow, and that was also the day that Mr. Snowplow rounded the corner as it does onto Griffith Street, and we happened to be the very first driveway, so guess where the snow goes? Right in our driveway, creating a lovely windrow, and when that happened, we knew we had at least two hours of work ahead of us. And then our neighbor, with a snowblower, arrived, and in about 10 minutes, he had us cleared out. I would wager that he doesn't remember doing that, because no big deal, it's what neighbors do. And he went on and he plowed out several different people that day. But the fact that the preacher is telling you this story some six, almost seven months later, I guess that little deal was a big deal after all. To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk attentively before God is not a one-off. It's a way of life. I love how the teacher and the preacher Joy J. Moore describes it. She says it's like a cycle where God welcomes us, and then we welcome God and the message of Christ, and that in turn allows us to welcome others, and as that cycle repeats, I can't help but to think about Ezekiel's wheel within the wheel. That cycle is ongoing, and the circle of kindness is expanding at the same time. For those of you who like X and Y axes, you can think of it that way if you like. <laughs> One axis being the repeated cycle of kindness, and the other being that widening circle. Later, Jesus would say that entire nations will be judged on how we treat people. Did the hungry eat? Did the thirsty drink? How do we welcome those who are seeking asylum, those who are refugees? How do we tend the sick? How do we reach out to those who are incarcerated even? As Jesus would say, what you've done to the least of these, my sisters and brothers, you have done it as if you have done it to me. About 300 years after Jesus, there was a well-known preacher, at least in preacher circles, named John Chrysostom, which literally means the silver mouth or the silver tongue. It was he who said, that if we don't recognize Christ in the beggar at our doorstep, we're not going to recognize Christ in the communion chalice. So, it does sound as if a cup of water and a small act are a very big deal in God's rule and in God's realm. And what might that mean for us? Did a little snooping this week, and you have some excellent people who curate our website, so it was easy to find that this congregation and First Lutheran have statements of purpose. And guess what the words are in those statements that jumps out? Welcoming, sharing, 
reaching out. How do we do that? Well, you've given that some thought, it turns out, as congregations. And it's beautiful, actually, how the process unfolds because you started to ask right away about your neighbors. What are the biggest issues and problems in our hometowns? Well, the ones identified by you as you were preparing to call a pastor were there are people who don't have a place to live. There are people who don't have jobs. And there are people who face addiction and drug abuse. Now, I know you all are kind of movers and shakers. You get a lot of stuff done. And you're passionate people. But I have a feeling that as we talk about such monumental issues, you know deep down we're not going to get all of that solved, are we? That's the truth of the matter. But then again, I'm going to throw the book at you. You remember what it says in the Talmud? Maybe you hear me quote this now and again. Not to be dismayed at the condition of the world. That we are called to do justice, to love kindness, to walk attentively, mindfully, before God. So, we are not obligated to solve it all and to bring in the rule and realm of God in its fullness but we're not allowed to abandon the enterprise either. So that puts us very much square into the mix, doesn't it? So maybe here's a good time to start thinking about cold water not only as an actual property or an actual kindness, if you will, but could cold water stand for other things, daily needs that people have that maybe somehow we could step in and help with? Maybe it's food. Maybe it is water. Maybe it's warm water or tea or coffee on a winter's day. Maybe it's access to restrooms or showers or laundry facilities. Sometimes as I watch people carrying burdens, all their life's possessions, I wonder, could that be somehow made easier for people? Truthfully, I don't know, but I wish there were a way, and maybe somebody really clever will come up with one. Those cups of cold water, you think, well, sure, but just how far can that go, really? Remember that guy, that Jesus person, who told those stories about mustard seeds that start small and become things bigger than anyone expected? I'm looking out here because I know for a fact that this story I'm about to retell, you are in personally, either with financial support or volunteering. Do you remember how the breakfast program started at Holy Trinity? One morning, Jim Butt happened to be in the parking lot of the church. 
He saw someone who had been sleeping overnight, just waking, waking after a difficult night of sleeping outside, hungry, hangry, as he says, agitated. In one act of kindness, Jim went to the person and said, so, are you hungry? He was. And we heard the story together. Jim told it to us a year and a half or so ago. The transformation that happened for that one individual when the blood sugar finally was brought to stability was so instructive and inspiring that that began to cascade into something else, which cascaded into something else, which eventually became the breakfast program that now serves every single day of the year. And I think I have it right. Is it 90, on the average, about 90 meals a day? A little lower than that? Oh, I fibbed then to the group that I talked It's been as high as 90, but it averages maybe, what, 70s? Okay, thank you for that. So I've just uh, drawn you out, haven't I, as one of those people whose story, um, this is your story. Those small acts of kindness that become so very significant. These acts that are done in the name of Jesus. So we might not think about that granola bar, sandwich, or bottle of water being a big deal. But what if we imagine them as being part of the rule and realm of God? What if we imagined that those little things were the prophet's speech, speaking on God's behalf to people who need us, saying, you are seen, you are known, you are loved. 